Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Tevin Pittman. Not mom? Okay, Andy Brown. No mom. And mom's substitute, Tommy Boy. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Dougie, what's happening? I looked up the date on the internet, and the job fair at Walzer is next Wednesday in Edina, 7700 France Avenue, between 3 and 7 o'clock. We're hiring for a variety of positions. There's going to be food there and all kinds of stuff. The the recruiting team really does put on a a great job at these uh, recruiting events. They're, They're casual. Uh, informational interviews is ju- all some people want. Learn a little bit more about the car business and positions that are available. If you want more information, you can always email me directly at Doug at Walzer.com. That's it? I don't want to get yelled at by Michael Bryant. He's threatening to buy another car from us, so I don't want to piss him off. Uh-oh. Yeah, you don't want to do that, man. It's a bad plan. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. for. <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Take that home with you, man. This is a way better song than Been Through the Desert. On a You know, I always liked her. Yeah. Did she still deny that she, she she's from the Simon and Schuster family? Her dad is the guy that started it, isn't he? I know, exactly, but she kept denying, no, I'm not related to him. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, for a long time there, you couldn't just Google it, so. Well, and her sister's an yeah, opera singer, true. opera star, isn't she? I think so, yeah. yeah. Let's see here. Always liked Carly Simon, though. Always did. Mo definitely. Yes, her father was the co-founder of Simon & Schuster. Yeah, that's where she got all her dough. <laughs> but see, they want, it, they want people to think, I made it all on my own, there was nobody pushing it. But no, she had enough talent to make it on her own. Oh, yeah, no, she she, she didn't, yeah. She didn't have an advantage. Well, the thing about talent is that it's not usually enough by itself. You need uh, to pay people to listen, Yeah, that's true, and and luck and timing are part of it. Yep. But anybody that writes a song, the opening line is, you walk into a party like you were walking onto a yacht, didn't grow up in North Minneapolis. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, well, there is that. Uh, Andy, you're supposed to call Kostaki's cell. Did you know that? I called the number that I have. Okay, but I don't know. Uh, Cassie has the number, I think. I will call Cassie. Yeah, I don't see it on here anywhere. I, I do not see it on here anywhere, I but he's on Radio Row. That's I got something Super funny to share with you while he's trying to get a hold of her. We, uh, we watched uh, the newest uh, season of Curb the other night, or at least the first episode. 
Yeah. It, Sarah can hardly watch it because Larry and Dave, David makes her so uncomfortable, but this was a great episode. So he's at a party at Jeff Garland's house, and there's some pain-in-the-ass producer who's bugging Larry to get him to go to lunch, and Larry finally agrees, and he doesn't want to go to lunch with this guy. So they wind up in this posh Beverly Hills eatery. <laughs> Guy walks in, Larry whips out a MAGA hat and puts it on, and the guy leaves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Well, and then he winds up sitting at a sushi bar, and a couple come in and says, hey, are these seats taken? And, you know, Larry Dave doesn't like people, so he puts the hat on again. It was, just, it was, it was really funny. The only thing I didn't like about that is he kept being a prick for no reason, like tipping over the ra- ra- uh, the Razor scooters and snapping the yeah. guy's selfie stick. And why do you, That's not funny. Yeah, I know. Well... You know, so much of that show is ab lib, from what I understand, that it's going to be yeah. a little uneven. But, boy, when he hits it, he just hits it great. I will tell you what, man, those people mistaking Jeff Garland for Harvey Weinstein was hilarious. <laughs> that was really that funny. Was, that was really funny. <laughs> what did you, oh, you, you son of a bitch, pig. how did you get invited? <laughs> He's like, what? What did I do? <laughs> Oh, God, I love that stuff so much. It's unbelievable. I do. I, I That show can be very, very funny. But if I were Larry, I'd talk to Larry and go, Larry, you look like a complete a-hole. Knock that off. Yeah. Right? As, as he uh, stares at his bank account, yeah, I'm sure he's deeply yeah. upset. No, he's, he's made doing a few dollars. Right. No doubt about that. He's doing all right. No question about it. We got Kostaki. Yes, we do. Kostaki Economopolis in quick snaps. He's down on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Can you believe it? Yeah. Well, by uh, by that, I mean if they let you on there, they'll let anybody on. I can barely hear him, Andy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't hear you. I can't. Is that better, Andy? I'm Hello, who is up. it? Yep, we're all good. Hello? Hello? Hello, who you is like it? Fo- you like football joke? I sell, <laughs> I, sell, I sell football joke to you? I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> What's happening? What's the buzz? I, I, can't, I, can't believe it's, uh, I can't believe they have the Super Bowl in Miami, a, a city where the local team never makes the playoffs. That seems rude, right? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Ouch. It's like ending the 50-yard dash right in front of handicapped parking. It's just not nice. <laughs> God, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> it's great. I, I, uh, I'm here with my podcast partner. My quick snap partner is here running around doing interviews. And A buddy of mine lives in Key West now. He drove north four hours to hang with us in Miami last night. Uh, we went to the NFL experience. I, I shanked a... 20-yard field goal. It was just ugly. And then uh, I was immediately signed by the Bears. Uh, Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's beautiful here. We're eating Cuban food and drinking rum. and Life's good. Uh, It is. How's the weather? We we saw the Vince Lombardi trophy last night. It's in a glass case. You get very close, but you can't quite touch it, which is the perfect metaphor for us Falcons fans. (laughs) It's right there. It's so yeah. Oh, I can't, can't quite get it. Grab it. No, it's right there. I know uh, another team like that. <laughs> Lots of uh, football news this week. Eli Manning retiring uh, after mm-hmm. 16 seasons. Although his throwing arm quit two years ago. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I think Eli should oh. open a bunch of pizza huts just to piss off Peyton. You know, it'd be fun. <laughs> Peyton was all of his. <laughs> Papa, Papa John. 
Papa John. So Eli you know, ended his all football career this week. <laughs> and so did Antonio Brown. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. Oh, God. This, this guy. He was arrested for assaulting a delivery driver who was delivering some of his personal stuff. And then he was charged with burglary because he refused to pay him. Leave it to Antonio Brown to get arrested for stealing his own thing. Like, <laughs> it's never good to have something in common with O.J. Simpson. That's not no. good. Uh, <laughs> then he locked himself in his house. They were trying to arrest him, and he locked himself at home. Like, this is the perfect answer for this guy. This self-selected house arrest that cost the taxpayers nothing, and he's off the street. Just let, let him stay there. What a great answer. I wish, I I wish all of our lunatics would do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think this Antonio Brown story is going to end up like the movie The Breakup. Remember that one with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Vince Vaughn? Hilarious at the beginning and then sad at the end. (laughs) It's going to be the Antonio Brown story arc, too. Oh, God, Uh, this is so sad. Pro Bowl was yesterday at 3 p.m. You know why? It's not ready for prime time. It's uh, (laughs) it's not a very good game. It's got big-name talent, but it's unwatchable, like the Cats movie. Mm. Uh, oh, God, I heard that's horrendous. I keep hearing that, too. <laughs> oh. I think the Pro Bowl is just a scam to make soccer seem exciting. It's not really a thing. Uh, Honesty. <laughs> uh, so finally, Tom Brady's going to get a chance to enjoy the Super Bowl commercials this year. So that's nice. So oh, that's cold. Yeah. <laughs> that's cold. But it's true. <laughs> Anytime I can make fun of Tom Brady, I'm in. Sure. <laughs> uh, well, Kareem Hunt got a speeding ticket this week, and they found marijuana in the car. Dude, either speed or smoke weed. Just pick one. If you're doing both, you're <laughs> doing it wrong. It's like the easiest way to get caught in the world, but people still do it. Oh, so dumb. So dumb. So you didn't come. Are you not? You're not in Florida, are you, Tom? I might be coming down this weekend. Why? What? You, oh, that's right. Oh. You'd only be about seventy-five miles away. I'm pretty close, but I'm leaving Wednesday afternoon. I, I've learned for over the years. Come in, do do the radio before the big stars come. I, I when I was coming like Thursdays and Fridays, like the big stars come in, I ended up getting bumped for interviews with you know Steve Young and Jesse Jackson. Like, okay, I'll sit over here and cry. Jesse so I, I Jackson. In. Yeah, one time I was I was waiting to do Woody Page's show. He's a national hero. That guy's great. He's a treasure. Uh, uh, but he had Dick Vermeil and Jesse Jackson on, and the three of them together was just hilarious and bizarre and compelling. And they just, of course, stayed on. And the producer just shrugs at me like, "What am I going to do?" Like, "Yeah, I know. I'm not doing the show today." <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, I get that's it. Good, I've been though. bumped by Steve Young and. Mean Joe Green and Frank Calienda. So I come in like Mondays and Tuesdays when nobody's here, and I do all the stations. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I can understand better. that. So, well, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a call later on today and see what what the the latest is. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to have lunch with you. Yeah. It's an option. All right, pal. We'll see if we can work something out. We'll get you to stay right. longer or something. I don't rooting, know. We'll figure. Who it are you out. rooting for this week? Who do you want I to gotta go here? with. 
I got to go with Mahomes because the 49ers kicked our ass so badly back in the day that, and then they did it again this year. I, I got to go. Mahomes is an exciting player, man. God, is he exciting? Yeah, he's the best. He might be the best of our lifetime. Certainly looks good to, Could to be. begin. Good God. Yeah, I'm rooting for him too. I think that team's mm. fun, and you know they're good. They're, they're they're good at what they do. I couldn't agree more. Plus, the Eagles had really suffered since they fired him, fired the head coach. Or no, wait right. a minute. Yeah, that's right. He was the, <laughs> he was the Eagles coach, right? Wasn't he? Wait, which one? The, the head coach of Kansas City. Oh, uh, yeah, Reed, Andy Reed. Yeah, yeah. Reed. he was at Andy. yeah he was at Philadelphia, right? Yeah, he took the the T.O. team to the Super Bowl one year. He's a good coach, and, he, and he's never won a Super Bowl, so he's fun to root for, too. I, I like that guy. I he's agree. Real deal. It ought to be fun. So, if it, you know, I just want to get a number from you, and, you know, not a final score or anything like that. The number I want to get from you is how many drinks you having tonight? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Tonight I'm going to take it easy because I, I got – I'm going to the um, – the media night. They introduce all the players. I'll be running. I'll be working late tonight, and then I got early radio tomorrow. But last night I had a lot of tricks. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. In a little while from now, we'll be taking another break in three minutes. Look at that. He hit the post and everything, baby. Yeah, I, apparently there was a countrywide problem. I don't know what the hell that was all about, but um, it's the rotavirus we'll from China. Yep, nah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, we'll do water. three minutes here. We'll just do something very, very quick here, and we'll just uh, we'll just uh, hop in because I want to get Chris Matthews on on time. That would only be the right thing to do, wouldn't yeah. you say? So yeah, we'll we'll uh, take care of that and.
Yeah, we're going to be That'll calling be him uh, at 1244. Yeah, exactly. So we'll just do a couple of minutes here. We'll be back at it, and life will be grand. But, yeah, it was nothing that Andy did or I did or whatever. It just uh, the whole system kind of blew up. Why, why does that happen, do you think, Andy? You There's too many really customers know. or something? I mean. I suppose you just knew. You never, you're right. You never really do know. But yeah, whatever. it could have been a, like a power surge hit something just the right way. You know, everything is connected with electric wires, so if the power goes through yep. them wrong, then everything just kind of freaks out until you reset it. Do you remember there was I a Saturday that. Night Live skit years ago with Bruno Mars on, and he worked at Pandora, and when the internet went down, when people would call and request, he was just imitating all these <laughs> these different bands and musicians. It was really kind of funny. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Oh, Yeah. He seems Bruno like Mars? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right about that. He seems like a really, really good guy. I just, I don't know, like I said, I'm a big fan. Of, the guy's a hell of a singer. You can't take that away from him. I mean, that guy can sing his ass off. But pretty good dancer, too, don't you think? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I keep talking about the Grammys, but Usher did a Prince uh, medley. And Usher's a pretty good singer, but he can't to try, try to be able to dance like Prince that, and sing that well. Mm. That's that's incredibly rare talent. Bruno Mars could probably pull it off, but Usher was a little. It's like, yeah, not quite light on your feet <laughs> there, bro. Right. Not that Pretty I'm a great true. dancer. I'm not picking on him. He has more hit records. You're than I fine. Ever. Oh yeah, You're one of our fine. listeners just said their phone broke for a few minutes. So yeah, there was some Boy, sort that's... of yeah. That is not good if it's that widespread. My God, that's a little dangerous. Well, it was only well a few we'll minutes. take a break here. We'll take a break here and get back. A couple of minutes with Chris Matthews and the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Boxing match going on there in the background? No, we were just having really? a little fun. With pina coladas? You know what? If that's it's Monday. What kind of, that's what it takes to get you through the day? Mm-hmm. Ever, ever since he got married, <laughs> yeah, exactly. his musical taste has changed. Yeah, what the hell's that all about? 
I just hit random and play whatever it wants me to play. I leave I it up to the machine. Plan. I think it's a really, really good plan. So yeah, I I just got a couple of texts too. People apparently from all over the United States are having where well, had problems. I guess we're all back now, but wow. that can't be good for business. I wouldn't think, can it? No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know, everybody trying to do because everything now is the whole world is digital. Oh. I mean, it's yeah, that's all that matters. If if like people lose service on their phone or Wi-Fi goes down, it's like. They revert back to like the 1920s. Nobody has any idea what to do or yeah. <laughs> how to get anything done. We <laughs> it is pretty much Chris true. On the phone. Chris Matthews, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Chris Matthews on the launch of his new podcast. So you want to be president? And I got to answer that, Chris. No, I do not want to be president. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like 330 million people. But how did we get this list? <laughs> this it list is great to have you phone? on. Yeah, yeah. Where did it come from? No, you're absolutely right. Where did this list come from? Chris, it has been a while that strong since we a talk. field at this point, and people are so undecided because they just don't know what to do. They're looking at a menu and they go, "I don't know, I don't know." It's, we got like half the people <laughs> in Iowa say they can't figure it out yet. So I don't know. I, why did it? Why? How did we get here, Chris? I mean, it, we're at a point now where businessmen become president, and people who've never even done more than about six months of work become president. Everybody's president now. What? What happened? Well. What used to be a resume is now a rap sheet. <laughs> That's what, you know, you were a senator, you were a congressman, you were a mayor. How can you explain that? Uh, whereas it used to be you, you bragged about in the days of Hubert Humphrey and people like that, they would, or Walter Mondale, they just walked around with their resumes on their back. They just loved being in office and they bragged about it. Now, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you've been in office, you're responsible. You're the one that's, you're the, you're the problem. I think Trump won because he ran, the people he didn't like, a lot of other people didn't like. That's what I think. They don't like him so much mm-hmm. as they, they join with him in hating. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, we might have uh, lost time. We've been having some uh, telephone yeah. line issues. Just stand by for a sec, Chris. Sure. Well, Andy's trying to get him. I do have a question for you, sir, if you, if oh, you wouldn't good. mind. You know, I, I obviously know who you yeah. are. I'm a big fan. Uh, but I did have to do a little Wikipedia knowing that you were going to be on here. And some of the stuff that you did was, I, and I had no idea, you were Tip O'Neill's chief of staff, and you wrote speeches for Jimmy Carter, one of my favorite presidents. Yeah. Well, I had great jobs. Yeah, they, they must have been. I, I still remember, I'm, I'm 61, so I was a college freshman, and I don't know if it was the State of the Union or just a general speech, but... Carter came on and said, we have to reduce our uh, dependence on foreign oil or be prepared to pay with it for uh, with American lives in the future. And I thought, as a college student, and, you know, if we ever did wind up going back to war, I'd be probably somewhere on the list. That was, uh, it stuck with me to this day. I'm a huge fan of his. What was it like working in the Carter White House? Well, it was very clean, very clean. And that was, I think that's what I'm proudest of. There was no scandal. Carter was totally clean and honest and uh and i don't think we got anybody got in trouble for it and that's a good thing that's the part i also he brought israel together with egypt its biggest strategic threat personally did it at camp david yeah and you know it's popular to say foreign aid is terrible and then you look at okay we gave egypt basically a billion dollars a year up until fairly recently 
And, to, and the trade-off uh, is we had peace between uh, Israel and Egypt that's even lasted to today. And when we go into yeah. Afghanistan or Iraq, it's, the bill is, what, $12 billion a month? A billion a year well, you seems know, I've pretty cheap. Well, never thought of it as a transaction, but uh, the, yeah, I think the package was about three and two in Israel's favor in terms of aid. Yeah. And uh, but I think the Egypt piece of it was definitely pro-Israeli too. It was to help keep in peace with their at that point most dangerous. In those days, it was tank warfare. You, you know, tanks would start moving toward Israel, and that's what the fear was. And that's been the fear until recently that somebody would move an army of tanks. And that would be what had to, and then the UN would call a ceasefire and Israel would be in a tough situation. Uh, so uh, Egypt was the main threat and it's gone. Andy, should I move on, do you think? Um, no, I mean, you know, as I long as Chris is being, enjoying being interviewed, but I don't know if we're gonna be able to get Tom back. We'll, we'll do the topic of the day. And this is, personally, I tend to lean left and not the hugest fan of the president. I'm pretty open about that. But I, what I really don't understand if there's no way that they can get enough votes in the Senate. What are we doing? Chris, what's your take on that? I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, so I apologize in advance for being possibly redundant. Well, you know, I think uh, the new senator from Indiana was the most honest. He said, I'm listening to people back home. I mean, this is a partisan uh, exercise. I think mean, even Pat Moynihan mentioned that when he was voting in favor of Clinton. He said, I walked into that chamber and I knew it was a partisan exercise. And, and what Braun said on Meet the Press was, I'm going to follow my people back home in Hoosier land, and, and, and they basically are with this president. And we got a number, it really hasn't changed. It's 44% latest number uh, pro-Trump. Uh, That's almost enough, maybe enough to win if you look at the Electoral College. We look at these poll numbers, these national poll numbers, and say, oh, Trump's down by four points. Yeah, but that's California and New York. Right. And it you doesn't matter. You take those two away, and it's over. Yeah. He wins. Yeah, it's Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Florida. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I just uh, hope that we can get beyond this. I think, you know, in a way, this is payback for Clinton getting impeached 20-some years ago. And it's, it's, it seems like, I think it's a terrible thing for the country. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Ken Starr? He was along those lines. He was saying basically we're in the era of impeachment. There's too many impeachments. We've had three: Nixon and Clinton, and this one. And he, even though he was the independent counsel last time around, he's basically saying we're overdoing this. That's yeah. a case for the defense here. Yeah, I, I just if we can't get beyond this, it's going to happen again and again because I think Jimmy Carter was uh, a rarity uh, in the current in the political climate of this country. I mean, and he was necessary. I think he brought a moral center back to the U.S. after yeah. Vietnam and after uh, Watergate and all that sort of stuff. But he's a rare cat. We're going to be having flawed people going forward, and and if we just keep impeaching them because we don't like them or want to get back at the other side, I don't know how we're going to get anything done. Well, it's getting, I always say to people these days, stay away from the pedestal. We're not in a celebratory uh, uh, era right now. It's very tough on public figures, and uh, I think that has discouraged a lot of people from running for office. I don't see a lot of quality people running. I think they've said, i got better things to do with my life than this, and uh, the scrutiny is much more horrific than it used to be. A lot of these people are just bad people, of course, but... It's getting very tough out there in terms of public scrutiny. And uh, 
you know, there are a lot more commentators and critics than there are people with the, with the guts to run for office. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, and I also think that leads to the bomb throwers from both parties getting in office. You know, everybody's saying the term limits is, ter- term limits is terrible, but I think it's just going to get worse, even if we went with term limits, especially in the, in the House. If we get new... Well, that's, all, that's the world we live in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one side or the other, and there's nobody in the middle. That's the way we, that's the way we live right now. I can't... There used to be, when I was growing up and back in politics... There was a good number of moderate Republicans from states of the Northeast. Uh, Bill Scranton, the governor, Tom Ridge, the governor, Chris, you know, uh, you had people uh, in New England states, or moderate Republicans all through. New- I think every Northeastern state had a Republican senator when I was growing up. That's all gone. The party's moved south. It's a Dixie party now. And the Democrats have very few moderates uh, in terms of not being like 90% ADA ratings. I mean, I mean, if you're off base on an issue like abortion rights, you're considered an oddity. Yeah, that's right. And like Bobby Casey is one of the few uh, in that department, or just, uh, and yet Bobby Casey wins every election. Well, as this is so, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. uh, It's not like it used to be. You had forty. When I worked for the Speaker, we had forty to sixty Southern Democrats who uh, voted with the Republicans on uh, major issues and uh, a lot of fiscal issues. And uh, Reagan was able to win what was called, you know, he had a bipartisan majority because there were so many conservative Democrats. They're all gone. The, the southern white Democrat is almost a vanished, a, a vanished species. They're just gone. And yet they were a big part of the coalition when I worked there. Well, we'll see what happens in Virginia. This might be uh, interesting this year. I think the whole race is going to be interesting. I, I, it's my sense that um, the one thing that, that Trump winning has done is it's brought a lot of people into politics, at least the spectators that are interested that never were before. I mean, it, it, it may be a good or a bad thing. I, I tend to think take the long view and think eventually, as people figure out how the government works and stuff, we'll get more intelligent choices. But it's uh, been an interesting few years. Let's just say that. Well, we'll see. I can't predict the general election this year. I have no way to predict at this point. Well, it looks ask- like it hasn't changed. The numbers haven't really changed since uh, 16. They just haven't. So if the Dems uh, uh, pick either Biden or Bernie, I, I, do you think that they would be one-term presidents? In other words, is the VP pick way more important if one of those two guys gets the nomination as, as opposed to uh, yeah. what it normally I is? I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed it. If you run on a ticket with one of the uh, people in their late 70s, you're basically getting endorsed for the presidency down the road. And, and that's this weird, if not scary, thing because, for example, if you had Kamala Harris on the ticket, everybody knows she would run for president in four years. Everybody knows that the president you elected is a lame duck to start with. Everybody knows you're really betting on a vector, a direction for the party. We're going to go from Biden to Kamala, or we're going to go from Bernie to uh, Amy Klobuchar, but we're really aiming toward that younger person. That's the future we're voting on. So that's a very interesting ballot. It used to pick a, well, it's been men in the past, some man, some guy in his mid-ages, 40 or 50 years old, 50s, 50s was sort of the average, maybe early 60s, that sort of sweet spot. And then a running mate, maybe five, 10 years younger. And you sort of said, well, maybe Al Gore would replace Bill Clinton, or maybe George Bush would replace uh, 
uh, Reagan, but maybe not. There's going to be a fight out. Bob Dole made a big fight with uh, with Bush, so uh, it's not automatic at all. But this time, it would look almost automatic. You would think so, because it, it, regardless of party, that job takes such a physical toll on somebody. I can't imagine going into it in your late 70s. I mean, you look at Obama. And if you're day, vice president, you're dying to have the real job. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly true. Well, Chris, uh, I really apologize for the technical difficulties, and thanks for soldiering on with my questions. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. It's been good. All right. Have a good day, sir. Thank you. And I'm sure he would appreciate us saying that So You Want to Be President is going to be launching on January 27th, his new podcast. Who listens to podcasts? Well, no one right now, apparently. <laughs> The internet's down all over the world. There is no more podcasting. But Maybe you should hook him up with Tevin. If he's smart, he'll do a non-live podcast. Yeah. No, it was interesting to talk to him. You know, I, I, I respect his, uh, his intelligence and his, uh, the, all the cool things he's done. I, watching hardball for me sometimes is hard because it's, it's the left-wing version of Fox, and they're just yelling at each other all the time. It's yep. like, okay, I, I just hate that. I'd, I'd rather talk to somebody and ask them some questions. Yeah, have an actual conversation with right. somebody rather than just, yeah, everybody yelling their ideas at each other. It's entertainment. Yep. Yeah. But I, I had no idea that he worked for Tip O'Neill, and Tip O'Neill is a pretty cool speaker of the house. He's a, he's a badass. But when Reagan got shot, he was the first guy in the hospital and said, God bless you, Mr. President. Yeah. Which was, uh, that doesn't happen anymore, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, let's I, hope we don't get any presidents well, that right. shot. <laughs> true. But, yeah, I have a feeling if Trump got shot, people would be celebrating on the left. It's not, that is not good. It's political. And I grew up in that era when there was a lot of assassinations of mm -hmm. both presidents, presidential candidates, uh, leaders, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. The first time I saw my dad cry was when Bobby Kennedy got shot. Of course, we were in Massachusetts, so it was like the Kennedys were royalty to those yeah. people. Even after uh, Teddy <clears throat> went off the bridge in Chappaquiddick in 69, we were on Cape Cod when that happened, and the native folks of Massachusetts just... We're in complete denial that he could have done anything wrong. And as a you know a ten year eleven year old kid, I'm like, mm -hmm. sounds, sounds weird. Yeah, sounds a little like odd. Something's not adding up. Yeah. yeah, I'll defer to the adults on that one. Well, I think we're about the end of the show, yeah. eh? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Don't think Dad's coming back for the last ten seconds. Yeah, so. if he does, he'd be cursing up a storm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's not happy right <laughs> yeah. now. Oh well, it's uh, the technical world we live in is mm -hmm. often great and sometimes horrible. Yes. So. Tune in tomorrow for the family at that same bat time, same bat station.